Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey, everybody. Olivia Allen Price here. And this is the Bay Curious Podcast, where we answer listener questions about the Bay Area. Now, today's question is about nudity, so this is your heads up that we'll talk a bit about body parts. This episode first aired in 2017, back when we could leave our houses and interview people in real life. All right, let's get going. Not long ago, Bay Curious listener Kelly Hardesty was walking along Castro Street in San Francisco with her daughter when... Up walked a completely naked man with just white tennis shoes on. And my daughter looked at me and said, Mommy, Mommy, he's naked. And I said, yeah, he is. Kelly didn't want to make a big deal of the situation. After all, it isn't exactly an unusual sight in the city. But then... This mailman looks at me and goes, I remember when I first started my route, and that used to shock me too. But now, I just don't think anything of it. And that got her wondering... My question is, is it legal to be naked in San Francisco? And if so, has it always been that way? Today on the show, the history and current status of being in the buff in San Francisco. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Who other than reporter Jessica Placek could take on this not-safe-for-work assignment? Off she goes. The state of California has indecent exposure laws, but those only apply if someone is being sexual, like masturbating in public, or intentionally offensive, like flashing someone. But what if you're just hanging out naked, minding your own business? California leaves that up to local governments. For the first half of the 20th century, San Francisco didn't have public nudity laws. Friskins just didn't go nude much. But then the 60s arrived, and with it, naked people. Some saw disrobing as a form of political, artistic, or personal expression. College students got a taste for streaking. 
And then there were the hippies. It's just delightful to be in a be-in. And that's what this is. Another exotic prank to add to a growing list of student-oriented rites of spring. It's sort of a happy happening for hippies. In San Francisco, hippies wanted to get closer to nature, and they got naked a lot in Golden Gate Park. Here's a quote from Police Chief Thomas Cahill. It wasn't uncommon for a gal to come out of the bushes there in the panhandle without a damn stitch and stand right in front of you with her hands up. I was out in the park, and two started going to it on the lawn beside me. Just to remind you, sex is sexual, and as such, already illegal, according to the state. But still, conservatives wanted tougher local laws to prevent this kind of behavior, and they eventually got nudity banned in the parks. However, the rest of San Francisco was still fair game. As time passed, other cities made public nudity illegal. Among them, San Jose and Berkeley. Berkeley's interesting because its ban is mostly due to one naked guy. Andrew Martinez, a student at the University of California at Berkeley, decided that American society is sexually repressed, and in an effort to right things, he began attending classes and going everywhere else in the nude, save for a pair of sandals and a backpack. People theorize that Martinez was able to go nude without major complaint for so long because he was easy on the eyes. Martinez's attempted shock tactic soon became old news among his fellow students, to whom he was simply the naked guy. Berkeley administrators, however, have sent Martinez home to stay warm until his case can be considered by a student conduct board. In 1992, Martinez was expelled when he showed up naked to his disciplinary hearing at UC. Then, in 1993, he arrived naked to a Berkeley City Council meeting. Members were offended, and they voted to make public nudity a misdemeanor crime. Back in San Francisco, nudists enjoyed their time in the sun. The city developed a reputation for bodies in the buff, especially at certain public events like Folsom Street Fair, a leather fetish festival, or Beta Breakers, a rambunctious 12K race. It was an exhilarating experience. People on the sidelines were cheering, Yay, go naked people, go! All right! This is Rich Pasco. In 1998, he started running naked in Beta Breakers. Pasco is also the coordinator of the Bay Area Naturists. We're a group of people who believe that the human body is God's divine creation, nothing to be ashamed of, and that our interaction with Mother Nature is enhanced by removing the barrier of clothing. Pasco says it wasn't just public events where people could let it all hang out. There were also nude-approved beaches and certain places where nudists would congregate. There was a group of people in San Francisco who thought that going nude at Jane Warner Plaza would be a good idea. You know, it's that plaza in the Castro with a few benches where the streetcar stops. It's a little urban park. Uh, and this little urban park became an urban nude beach. But the tides of the urban nude beach began to change in 2011, when then-supervisor Scott Weiner began focusing on so-called quality-of-life issues. I know. Weiner has a fitting name for this topic. Complaints have come in, especially in the Castro District, which is Supervisor Weiner's district, about naked people lounging around in Jane Warner Plaza. Wiener started off by requiring naked people to put a buffer between themselves and public seating, such as sitting on newspaper when riding the bus. But he didn't stop there. Here's Dan Schreiber, who was reporting for the San Francisco Examiner. I think he got increasing complaints, it seems, uh, due to the, the number of uh, men people saw you know, utilizing 
a genital jewelry that, that is designed to, you know, maintain an erection. People felt that this was lewd. Here's Wiener in a phone interview with KQED. Freedom of expression is not about taking your pants off at Castro Market and displaying, you know, your, your genitals to passing traffic and pedestrians. That's, that's not freedom of expression. To prevent this, Wiener wrote up a bill. The legislation, uh, to be clear, it doesn't ban all public nudity. It uh, restricts it on streets and plazas and sidewalks with a blanket exemption for street fairs and festivals and has no impacts on beaches. Wiener's crusade received coverage from national news outlets. And while some people supported the ban, others felt it was unnecessary. Here's a KQED listener calling in when the ban was proposed. We do have laws already that enforce lewd behavior. Castro has always been an adult neighborhood. We have smoke shops. We have porn stores there. We have probably 15 gay bars alone. Some said the proposed nudity ban was because of demographic shifts. The Castro was no longer the gritty gay neighborhood of yesteryear. Wealthier people were moving in. Some with children wanted a family-friendly atmosphere. So, I mean, there's, there's far larger issues at stake. I see meth heads tweaking from the night before. We have homeless people who are, are laying in the Castro Theater. And obviously, the nudists didn't love Wiener's proposal. And they made their thoughts known at public meetings. This is from a supervisor's meeting where a woman, Gypsy Taub, took off her clothes in opposition of the ban. Hi, my name is Gypsy Taub. I am a body freedom activist in San Francisco. A longtime nudist, Taub had a public access television show where she and her interviewees were always naked. Children who grew up without ever seeing a naked body grew up extremely insecure about their own body because all they see is commercials and porn and the bodies that they see um, there are a lot of times not even real. Despite nudist activists, the anti-nudity bill, or the Wiener Bill, was passed in November of 2012 by a 6-5 to five vote. It became illegal to show your genitals, perineum, or anal region in public. But the ban had exceptions. Here's Rich Pascoe again. No one shall be naked in public in San Francisco except as a part of a permitted event. Now, the language of the ordinance doesn't say that the permit has to mention nudity in any way. It just has to have a, an event permit. Meaning that you can be naked at festivals or parades, as long as the organizers don't mind. But it turned out to be difficult to get a permit for nude-specific events. When we went and applied for parade permits, we were denied over 20 times. Taub got a lawyer and organized a variety of nude protests for body freedom. She even got married nude. We did it on the steps of City Hall, and we even got arrested at the end of the wedding. The police actually showed up, and they let us dance nude for about half an hour. In the first year of the ban, Taub was arrested half a dozen times for her nudity, and she continued to get naked in protest till 2015. That year, a federal judge ordered the city to issue parade permits to the nudists. It's still not as good as having public nudity be legal, which is our goal, but it's way better than what we had before, where we couldn't even have an event without everybody being you know, arrested or cited. In conclusion, you need a permit to get naked in San Francisco. Or, if you're not into paperwork, you can always go to a nude-approved park. I'm on the north end of Baker Beach, where the Park Service has told me it is legal to be naked. Despite it being a freezing day, 
I want to say low 60s, uh, windy and foggy. Three guys have indeed taken their pants off, but kept their jackets on. Thanks for listening. That was reporter Jessica Plotchek. I checked back in with our question asker, Kelly, and she had this to say. What makes me proud is that in San Francisco or in the Bay Area, we're able to be whoever we want. Um, And we're able to express ourselves the way we want to. And, um, you know, from purple hair to piercing to any way, shape or form. So if somebody wants to be nude and that's their choice, go for it. I'm not going to stop them. Now, the next time you walk by Jane Warner Plaza in the Castro, you can remember... History happened here. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Stay Curious is made in San Francisco by KQED. We'll be back next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.